Amen. You can take your seats this morning. It's an absolute honour to be here today at Faith Life Church in Point Cook, my hometown. And no, it's special. It is very special to be here. And I just love your pastors. I want to honour them today. Uh, Pastor Ted and Pastor Solvay. And I know we're, we're new friends, but we've known each other for quite some time. The first time I ever heard you preach was in Morwell at Karma Hall in 1993 or four or something like that when I was just a little fella. And, um, and uh, I, I honestly, last year was, was special for me and for my family. You opened up your home to us. I just remember sitting back at the count, uh, at, at the back of the chairs and you telling us stories and stories. And I thought, what an amazing pastor you are to just open up your heart to us and, and to our family. But also, there's a prophetic gift that's on your life that's so strong. And I know that you've led and helped tens of thousands come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. But also, there's a, there's a burning heart of an evangelist in you. And I just love seeing the gifts of God on your life, on both of your lives, that pastoral gift. And I, I was just absolutely honoured to be here today. But church, can we give it up for your senior pastors? I mean, they're incredible people. Incre you give it up for each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> incredible people. It's an honour to be here. But today, I feel like there's a bit of a theme in the air because you've been speaking to the storm. And now I've got a message for you today. It's called Speak to the Mountain. Are you ready for this? I don't know if you're ready. Some of you, you started to get ready. You don't know what's about to hit you right now. It's time to get ready because you gotta, you've warmed up your vocal cords, but you're going to use them again in just a moment. But if you've got your Bibles with you, why don't you turn with me uh, to John chapter 11, John chapter 11, verse 33. I'm going to be reading here. Uh, it, it says, Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come see. Jesus wept. It's the shortest verse in the Bible, verse 35. If you're training to be a Bible scholar here today, you want to impress somebody on your Bible knowledge. John 11, 35. Memorize it today. Jesus wept. And the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have also kept this man from dying? And Jesus again groaning himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he's been dead four days. Somebody say four days. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Who wants to see the glory of God? Four of us. Anyone else want to see the glory of God? Come on, who wants to see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who stand by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. That was half volume. I'll try and go full later on. And he who had died came out bound, 
hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth and Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Well, I don't know about you, but it doesn't matter what kind of day you had, what kind of week you've been living, what kind of month, what kind of year, as soon as you read that, something in you starts to awaken. I'm not sure about you, but when I read my Bible and I read these stories and I know that they're true and they're real, I don't know how you can be depressed and read that. I don't know how you can be sad and read that. Something in you comes alive inside of your spirit. I don't know, I I feel like dancing or something. I don't know what it is, but I feel like praising God right now. Uh, But when you hear those things, you know that there's nothing that's impossible for those who believe. And this morning, I wanna give you some keys, six keys, in fact, how to speak to the mountain. Are you ready? Four of us are ready. Are you ready this morning? Come on, you gotta, you gotta learn how to respond if you're gonna to learn to speak. And we're gonna to speak to that mountain today. Number one here, it says that Jesus was troubled. Jesus was troubled. Therefore, says verse 33, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. Notice here, it wasn't in his mind. It wasn't in his heart. It wasn't in his feelings. It was his spirit. Did you know that you can quench, you can groan the very spirit of God, the Holy Spirit by your attitude today? You can quench it. You can dry it. You can stop a move of God by your attitude, by your thoughts, by what you do with your body, your, even your physical appearance, your demeanor, how you hold yourself. You can stop it. I'm, hands in my pocket. I'm not going to receive today. Lift your hands, heaven. No. It says he groaned in the spirit. And was troubled. You know what I find most interesting about this story is that Jesus knew he was dead. He knew he was in trouble. He knew that there was a problem. He knew he was sick, but yet he delayed his arrival. He waited, not two, not three, but four days. And and, and if you're Jewish, that means you're not just dead, you're proper dead. (laughs) Three days was the maximum. Beyond three days, you're, you're really dead, right? So he, he delays his arrival. And I don't know who you are and what you're going through, but I know that some of us are probably thinking today, God's missed me. He's given up on me. He, he, he's forgotten about my circumstances. He's forgotten about my problems. He's forgotten about my financial situation. He's forgotten about uh, my marriage, my relationships. He's forgotten about my health. He's not showing up. I called to him. Uh, We're supposed to be friends, but yet he hasn't turned up. I want to tell you something today. A delay doesn't mean a denial. Just because he hasn't showed up, just because he's delayed his arrival doesn't mean you've been denied today. It's time to keep on believing. He was impacted by his surroundings, by the atmosphere. It troubled him. It quenched him. The spirit within him was troubled. I'm telling you today, 
Our lack of belief, our lack of faith troubles the very spirit of God. Luke 18, 8 says, I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. But when the Son of Man returns, will he find somebody on earth that has it all together? No. That has six, seven figures in their bank account? Oh, that'd be nice. No. That has every degree under the sun? No, no. That has four bedrooms, three bathrooms, a pamper room, two-car garage, two Mercedes-Benz, a couple of jet skis. It's my own vision. Maybe I'm projecting out there, but (laughs) no. When the Son of Man returns, who knows this? He's coming again. And he's looking for one person, two people, three people. Will he find anybody on earth that has faith? I don't know about you, this concerns me. This actually worries me. It gets my attention because if this is what God's looking for, it's like that passage in Ezekiel that the eye of God scare, looking over this earth, looking for one man who will stand in the cap. I'm thinking, Lord, there's got to be more than one. This is how concerning it is to him. Our faith matters. Our life of faith matters. Come on, if you want to move mountains today. Come on, it's time to be a man. It's time to be a woman of faith here today. Amen. Let's keep moving. Number two, it says, where have you laid him? Verse 34, and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said to him, see how he loved him. Well, I want to make something clear today. This has been preached many, many times. Everyone talks about, yeah, he, he loved him. He, he, he was, you know, saddened by it. But still, that is not the reason why he was so upset. He was upset because of their lack of faith. And if we want to move mountains today, we need to increase our faith. Every single one of us. And the interesting part about this is that, you know what? There was other people on the planet this day that probably died. There was probably multiple funerals. As we look around, I don't know how many people, population there was on earth. Maybe there was hundreds, thousands. If you look across the entire globe, maybe there was hundreds of thousands of people that passed away on that day. But yet Jesus doesn't turn up to all their tombs. He just turns up to one. One person. On that day, you think there was other problems? Yes, there was other problems. But why Lazarus? Well, the Bible actually records that they were friends. How close are you to Jesus today? I believe that our proximity to Him, to Jesus, determines the outcome of how far our mountains will go. The Bible says, draw near to Him, James 4, verse 8. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. It's not the other way around. Oh Lord, where are you? Sometimes it feels like Bette Midler singing over my life. God is from a distance. You determine the distance. Not him. It's not the other way around. How far is he from you today? It would be amazing if we could all open up our minds, our hearts and see how far it is. If there was a measurement. You determine the distance between heaven and earth today. How far is it? How far is it? 
I remember driving to church one day and I'm praying this prayer. I'm like, Lord, you need to touch me. You need to touch me again. You need to fill me again. You know, I think we've all prayed these prayers. I probably prayed it this morning again. But I remember this time significantly. I was driving to Morwell, this church we had there. And I said, God, would you just touch me? And I get this instant rebuke. No. I said, Lord, how dare you? You're supposed to love me. You're supposed to do what I ask and stuff like that. Why won't you? Why, would, you just, would you just touch me? He says, no. Father, Abba, Baba, Daddy. He says, no, you touch me. I said, Lord, what, what are you talking about? He says, Daniel, unless you become like the woman with the issue of blood, I can't help you anymore. I said, what, Lord? He goes, she, she did not care about her circumstances, who was around her, her condition. She was excommunicated. She was told to get lost, be out of there, but it didn't matter who she was unless you become like her and push past the crowd, push past the odds, push past everything that's opposing you around you just to touch me. Would you try? Would you do it again? just to grab the hem of his garment. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't know about you this morning, but it is time. Come on, to reach and touch him again. I remember going through the hardest lockdown in the world, and you all did too. Praise the Lord. Pat yourself on the back. This should be an award ceremony. But 275 days. And I remember where... I'm at this point, and the last one, the hardest part was the 75 days, the last one, and I'd, I, you know, lost all physical activity. Uh, I started making sourdough every day, and I still haven't lost the sourdough kilos. Who would have thought men would go from physical sport to making sourdough? No one saw that coming. And, 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 and I'm just eating bread, and it was beautiful. It was amazing. It wasn't good for me, though. And... and, and I, had to, I couldn't go to the gym, so I'd converted my garage into a gym. And I'm so depressed, and I have zero motivation at all. And I'm doing it again. I'm going out, putting some music on, and I'm doing squats in the garage, and I'm feeling like an absolute idiot. <laughs> I'm probably crying at the same time, going, what is my life? I'm supposed to be traveling the world. I'm a global evangelist working from home. It just does not... I had this word from God and it was about, you know, Elijah coming out the cave again. He's oppressed by the, that Jezebel spirit, the spirit of fear and intimidation. And I opened up that roller door, <sighs> threw the weights down and I walked out and I said, I'm coming out. Now, I understand what that would sound like in 2023 <laughs> and why the woman across the road in her dressing gown at 3 p.m. looked at me and went, But I had a moment, I had to change something. Something had to change within me. I had to cry out to God again. I had to reconnect with him. I remember calling my mother that day and saying, she worked at the storehouse, she fed people and, and they had um, you know, access to different things. And I, I felt God say to me, I want you to get a, a sackcloth. And I was like, what, Lord? 
I remember calling my mum and having this conversation with her. I said, mum, do you have any potato sacks? And she said, yeah, I've I got some potato sacks. Um, just, just tell me what they're for. And I remember being on the phone going, all right. I just, I just need one, I don't know. She goes, if you just tell me, I have to tell the guys and I could get a couple for you. I, I, I just need to know what they're for. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what they're for. I just, just tell them. Don't, don't tell the boys. Just don't tell them. I just need the potato. She's like, well, I, I have to let them know. And I said, I, I, need, a, I need a sackcloth. She's like, a what? I said, a sackcloth. What for? And she goes, oh, okay. She came around, dropped off two sackcloths. Now, I'm no seamstress. I'm no tailor. I fashioned a neck hole, a couple of sleeves. Put the sackcloth on. Went in the backyard, lit a fire. Glad to see the funny side now. <laughs> Covered myself in ash. Had communion every day. I cried out to God every single day, crying out, Lord, open up the church again. Lord, I want to see a revival sweep the nations of the earth, starting here in Australia. Let there be a greatest harvest of souls that we've ever seen. I even started doing drink offerings. I don't even know what they are. I started pouring out, pouring out, Lord. Pour out your blood, pour out your spirit onto this earth that every single part it touches from coast to coast, from north to south. Let it be covered and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Cried out to God every single day. One day, my son walks out in the morning. And he sees me in the backyard. And he does kind of like a moonwalk back. <laughs> Yells out to mum, Mum, why is dad wearing a kangaroo? I said, son. Because everything became a lesson. It's not a kangaroo. It's a sackcloth and ashes. And he's looking at me. He's like, why? I said, why? I said, you know what, you want to know why? I said, so you don't have to. And he's like, what? Because every, I'm, a, I'm a preacher's kid and we have to turn everything into a biblical lesson. I said, you know why I'm wearing this? I'm wearing it so you don't have to. So that one day you might face a giant. One day you might face a mountain, but it's moved already. One day you might come up against something, but I'm telling you, it, your battle is going to be won. You know what? What walks in parents runs in children. And whatever you don't face and fight today, your kids will face and fight tomorrow. Oh, I don't know if you're hearing me, church. It's time. Come on, that this generation rises up. Come on, something about us. You've got to fight for something. You've got to fight for what you believe in. If there's no fight, there's no faith. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm preaching happy, myself happy today. Number three, roll away the stone, verse 37. And some of them said, could not this man huh, who opened the eyes of the blind have also kept this man from dying? You know what? There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people that say that scoff, that say doubters, that say, I, I knew this wouldn't happen. 
They, the way, the tone that it's even written in, it's almost like they didn't even believe the previous healings, let alone that he could do something about this problem that's standing in front of them. Then Jesus again groans in himself, comes to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone laid against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he's been dead four days. I think the King James says, he stinketh. But Lord, by this time he stinketh. There is a smell. When was the last time you checked your odour? You know what amazes me is how many people walk around this world not knowing that they have a stink. That they stinketh. You know, it's incredible. I just did Youth Alive uh, Friday night and, um, and I did United and there was about 500 people or so in the room and they had a mosh pit at the front and it stunk. It, 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 nothing prepares you. Even if you've done youth ministry your whole life, nothing will prepare you for that smell, that odour. It's even funny, my kids, they go to Planet Boom and they, they went to the camp and it said on the list there, Bible, yes, very important, notepad, yes, of course, but at the end it said Lynx deodorant. Because <laughs> we all need that Lynx effect. And, 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 and so it, it, it amazes me. Now, I know this is a funny point, but spiritually, it amazes me how many people walk around this earth not knowing that they carry an odour, a spiritual odour. In Second Corinthians, somewhere there, five, uh, uh, Paul talks about having the fragrance of Christ. Do you know wherever you go, you carry the fragrance of Christ? Even Psalm 141 says your prayers are like what? Incense. What's incense? It's a fragrance. You carry an odour. Have you ever heard the term, your attitude stinks? How does it smell? It's an attitude. It's an action, right? Your attitudes determine the outcome of the atmosphere. You can make it or break it today by your attitude. Come on, towards the miraculous towards healing. I don't know if it could happen again. Towards breakthrough. Well, my bank account's been in the red for so long. How is it even possible? He can do it. Come on, it's time to believe again. It's time to change your odour. It's time to wash your clothes. Get that odour off. Get that bicarb soda. Get something. Do... <laughs> it's time to check. Your spiritual odour will determine the outcome how far the mountain will move. Number four, uh, uh, it says here, if you believe it, you will see it. And I've emphasized this word, today. Today. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And Martha, Martha answers Jesus. And she gives him an answer that we all give today. It's not, Technically, it's not wrong. 99.9% .9 of the church today would give the same answer Martha gave. Yes, Lord, I believe. I believe we will see Him again when we're all raised to life again, resurrected, seated in heavenly places with you. Yes, Lord, I believe. Nothing wrong with that answer, but it's not the answer Jesus is looking for. It's the answer we all give. It's the answer we all stand by. Yes, I believe. We have faith. 
I have faith for the past. I have faith for the past. Yes, I believe Jesus died on the cross. On the third day, He rose from the grave and He forgave all sin. I have faith for the past. I also have faith for the future. One day, I'll be resurrected. I'll be seated in heavenly places. I'll become one of the witnesses in heaven. A a, a great cloud of witnesses in heaven. I have faith for the past. I have faith for the future, but I have no faith for right now. Yes, I believe in this. Yes, I believe in that. But right now, I don't know. I'm just hanging on. I'm just hanging on, Lord, until I get by. Until one day, my oh my, in the sky, I'll be lifted up high. No, I'm telling you, right now, he's saying that he is the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. What he did yesterday, he can do right now. Come on, it doesn't matter what you're going through. He can heal you. He can set you free. He can move mountains for you in your life. If you'd only believe, you'd see the glory of God. Amen. Number five, Lazarus come forth. This part is the speak to the mountain moment. Verse 43, now, said when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus come forth. Like I said, it's probably half volume of what he did. You want to you move something, you're going to have to speak to it. You want something to shift in your life? You're going to have to open up your mouth. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. No, no say so, no redemption. Come on, he is the high priest of our confession. You've got to say something. And some of us, you don't want him to be the high priest of what you confess over your life. He is, come on, clap your hands, all your people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You've got to say something. You've got to speak to it. And he does. What is he doing? I can't imagine being a bystander in this moment, thinking that there's this open grave, an open tomb. There's a dead guy in there. He stinks. We've confirmed that. He's rotting flesh. But yet, Jesus walks in there and calls. Calls out. You must be thinking, he's crazy. He's a mental person. But you've got to understand something. He's not speaking to a corpse. He's not speaking to a dead body. His words, his very words, pierce the atmosphere, transcend dimensions, go into the bosom of the earth. It actually says this place is called paradise, Abram's bosom, and speak to the very soul of Lazarus, calling him up out of that place into his earthly body, into that tomb, raising him back to life. Your words carry power. Some of us need a reminder. Your words carry power. Mark eleven twenty two says, So Jesus answered them and said, Have faith in God. Well, that's a novel idea. Especially in 2023. Have faith in God. We could stop there and preach a whole message. Not faith in miracles, not faith in signs and wonders. Have faith in God. He's the one who brings forth the miracles. He's the one that moves the mountains. Have faith in God. But I have faith in everything else. We have more faith in the news. I haven't watched the news since 2019. <laughs> Some of us have so much faith in the news. We've got, every, we've got every app. We've got every reminder, every notification on. We've got so much faith in the news. Come on, you don't. Please tell me you don't. In Koshi. 
in His words than the Word of God. Some of us have more faith in the cash cow than the tithes and offerings. Some of us, we've got more faith in chemist's warehouse than Jehovah Ruffin. Oh, but they're, Pastor, their prices are unbeatable. They've got Zyrtec on special at the moment. No, 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 listen to me. It's a 70 pack and it, it's only 29 95 at the moment. I saw the, they've got the Robitussin at the moment. 11, you can't get that anywhere. Their buying power just... Listen to me. I, I don't have a problem with medication. I don't have a problem with doctors and hospitals and everything. But when you put that first, it's your first answer to anything. Oh, when you put the lottery first before God, before seeking Him and, and saying, you know what, I'm going to sow a seed today. It's when you put Him first. Now we have a problem. God says here, have faith in God and God alone. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says they will be done. He will have, it says, whatever he says. Turn to your name and say, you'll have whatever you say. Yeah, that's right. Touch your other name. Say you too. You'll have whatever you say. <laughs> Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. See, Jesus highlights two, two different variables of declaration. What you say and what you pray. Two both very powerful, powerful ways of declaring faith. What you say and what you pray. Isn't it interesting that so many of us, what we say and what we pray are two different things. We come to the prayer meeting. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe for a revival. I can't wait to see this church overflow. I'm hungry, Lord. I love, use me, Lord, every single weekend. I'll be here at 5 a.m. Lord, pray and fast and believe in. Hallelujah. I love this region. I love this area. I love this place. I can't wait, Lord, for my kids to grow up in the house. I love my kids. I love my spouse. And we walk out of here. And we say something completely different. Oh, point cook. I just want to move to Queensland. Or all your problems go away. And we forget, when we move to Queensland, we go with us. We never truly escape the problem. You have whatever you say. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. You will have whatever you say. Oh, my back, gee. This time of the year, it's always giving me problems. Yeah, it does. I've noticed. Oh, but you don't understand when the, the air and the, the chill in my lungs and I can't breathe. It. I know, you keep saying it. Oh, don't let me get me started on, on spring and when they start harvesting and the pollen and then you know, check the pollen count every day. <laughs> Good thing Zyrtex on special. <laughs> and we live with these things. We put up with them. We don't actually, we, we, we declare them. We start speaking them over ourselves. Instead of speaking to the problem. 
The Bible says, speak to the mountain, don't marry it. Some of us, our favourite song is she'll be coming around the mountain. When she comes, we love the song. We, we, we love the mountain so much we take it out everywhere we go. You should see my mountain, how big it is. It's incredible. You know, you can't climb it. You can't shift it. You can't move it. No, I need a special menu for my mountain. It's amazing that I'm even out here today because of my mountain. Have you met my mountain? It keeps me so anxious and bound up at home. It's a wonder I'm even here today. We're going on a honeymoon soon. We're going to have little baby mountains and we're going to raise a family of little... Don't marry the mountain. Speak to it. Declare it. Speak to it now. Command it. Tell it where to go. You've put up with it for so long. I have these allergies. I have this eating disorder, this food condition. I have this anxiety. There's nothing you can do about it. You can speak to it. You can declare it. Amen? Amen. Some of us, power of life and death, power of death and life is in the tongue. You, you, you're living by what you declare. Some of you, you need to stop worrying about the devil. Oh, the devil, he's always at my place. I'm under attack. Listen, there's only one devil. He's not always at your place. You're getting confused with God. He, God is the one that's omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. He's the one that's there all the time, everywhere. Magnify Him. And I'm telling you, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Some of us, oh, the devil's at my, no, 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 don't worry about oppression. Don't worry about possession. You've given the devil a day off. By all the death and disease that you declare over your life, you know, he's, he's down at Torquay right now. He's got the weekend off. He's kicking back. He's, I don't know what he's drinking, something. He, he, he's, he's relaxing. He, he doesn't, he, let, me, let me tell you something about it. Now, I'm not glorifying the enemy. I want to teach you something and make you aware of something. You have been created in God's image, right? So the enemy, he hates you because every time you look in the mirror, you remind him of God, right? You look like God. Secondly, you've been given a voice. And this voice isn't just for communication. Let me tell you something. Every single animal on the planet can communicate. That's not what voice is for. That's not what your vocabulary is for. I even watched a show where coral can even communicate. I mean, that's, that's the most primitive, uh, uh, reduced thing that your voice can do. Is When we see God and we read about what He did, He said the very first thing He did wasn't communicate, He created. Your voice isn't just for communication, it's for creation. He said, let there be light. That was the very first thing. See, you've got to understand something about yourself. You're a person of faith. And the enemy knows this. He isn't. He can't create anything. He the devil doesn't create anything. He copies. But he knows something about you and I. He knows that if he can just get you to say it, you'll create it. So many of us live under this life of bondage. We live in the Himalayas of mountains around us and we just put up with them daily when we've been told what to do. And still we call out and yell at Jesus. We yell at God, God, where are you? Would you just come to my rescue? 
He doesn't tell you to pray like that. Jesus, please, I'm begging you. Please, would you just come and just help me? You know, when you beg him, you blame him. Holy Spirit, there's three of you. At least one of you should turn up. You're not hearing me? What's the problem? Not once does he say to pray like that. He says, speak to the mountain. Just like he spoke to the fig tree, that's how you speak to cancer. Just like he spoke to the fig tree and cursed that thing, that's how you speak to that heart trouble, those chest pains, that thing that you're going through your life, that that financial struggle, that marriage, that, that relationship problem. Speak to it in Jesus' name. Come on, are you with me, church? If I can have the keys player, I'm about to close. Thank you for that clap. That was... Yeah, come on. No, seriously. <laughs> Number six, 44. And he said, maybe the band, everybody, just let's have a party up here. And he who had died, says came out bound, hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was wrapped with a cloth and Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I, I don't know if you can just picture this scene for a moment. I mean, if I was there, I'd be there with my family, probably a lovely day out, having a picnic in the park, just near the tombs, it so happens to be. And we've got our picnic rug there. We've got our uh, charuterie board, or however you say it. Um, some biscuits and, and, and salami and some nice things there. Dips and some maison. <laughs> ACC approved. And, 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 and we're having a good time. And, and all of a sudden in the distance, there's a commotion. It's none other than Jesus and a few disciples hanging around. There's a crowd building and you hear in the distance, Lazarus, come forth. I mean, I don't know if you could picture yourself right there in the moment. You'd be freaking out. Like, what is going on? I mean, if it were, I, I can guarantee, I'll paint this picture. Uh, uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller comes on in the background. And then all of a sudden, Lazarus comes out. Boom, 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 boom. There's two guys in the background doing something like I don't know. It's it's a scene. No wonder he yells out, get the grave clothes off. He's scaring the kids. It's, he shouts it out, get the grave clothes off him. You're scaring the people around you. It looks like zombies walking around. What is going on? It's a scene. It's like a movie. It's unbelievable. You know what it reminds me of? There's a passage in Zechariah 3. And Zechariah is a prophet. He's having this encounter moment where he sees Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. And the accuser is there too, accusing him. And it talks about this story about his life. Won't you but a brand, it says, snatched from the fire. I think that's the King James, but a stick that was destined to burn, plucked from the fire. I love that picture of salvation that we can all relate to. Won't you but destined to burn, but God reached down and grabbed you, pulled you out of the miry clay, 
put your feet upon the solid rock. Took that heart of stone out of your body and put a fleshly heart. Come on and wrote your name in that Lamb's book of life. And he sees this and God says, take off the filthy garments. Some of us here today, we need to remove all of the filthy garments of our life. That's why he says, take off the grave clothes. We've been living with these grave clothes. Some of us have been healed. Some of us have been restored. Our mindset, some, some of us have had all these different changes in our lives, but we're still wearing the grave clothes. We're still constantly reminded of the past, the pain, the hurt and the shame. Some of us have invested in kayaks. And every week we go out to the sea of forgetfulness. We paddle out there right out to the middle. And we've got an anchor and a rope attached to our past. We pull it up, sometimes daily, sometimes just at night, just before we go into bed. Sometimes every single week, some of us, it's a monthly thing, a yearly thing. And we just check our past. Yeah, it stinks. No, it's bad. It's off, yeah. And we drop it again and we let it fall and sink for a while. And then next week, come back out, check it again. It's bad. It's still bad. It's still bad. We go again. We keep doing this. But all the while, it's meant to be falling into the abyss constantly for eternity. It's time to get some secateurs, some scissors, some sort of cutting object and cut that anchor rope. Cut that sin, cut that past from your life. God doesn't remember it. Why do you keep bringing it up? Put on rich royal garments, the Bible says. Starts to clothe him in rich royal garments. I don't know about you, but I need some rich royal garments. All this scene's happening before Zechariah's eyes. This gives you a glimpse into the, the, the depths of prophet, prophecy which is quite incredible when God's plans there and His vision is before Zechariah. But then Zechariah says that he says, I don't know if you've picked that up before, but he interjects into the prophetic word. You know, you have a voice. You have power in your voice. Yes, the promises and everything is there. It's all for God. It's all in front of you. But Zechariah pipes up. He says, I have an idea. Give him a new turban as well. And I love this thought because a turban's just not a fancy hat. It's about a renewal of your mind. Zechariah pipes up in the middle of this prophetic moment. He says, you know what? Give him a turban as well. You know, you can speak into your destiny. He says, yes. Put it in the angel of the Lord. He says, he put a turban on his head. God wants to transform your mind. The Bible says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed, by, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. It's time for a transformation today. 